0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews, where I'm your host, John Delray. Today, we are covering Packers versus 49ers, the primetime matchup of tomorrow night for the divisional round. Whoever wins, of course, gets a ticket to the NFC Championship, be it in San Francisco, Detroit, or Tampa Bay. Well, the one thing we know is even if Green Bay wins, it's not coming to Lambeau. And before I really dive into numbers and anything else, let me just offer a quick Quick thought on these two teams. They are incredibly similar, right? Young quarterbacks, zone-predominant defenses, can attack with a multitude of different weapons. But at the same time, there's some key differences. We may touch on a couple today. The 49ers, a more veteran team where discipline and scheme reign supreme. The Packers, youthful, passionate, still very scheme-oriented, but defensively a little different than that, too the 49ers coming off a bye, the Packers perhaps the hottest team in the NFL. So today we're going to go over five players, four numbers, three questions, two keys, and one final prediction for this divisional matchup. Before we get to that though, let's Hit the injury report. Now, keep in mind, for the Green Bay Packers, it's been a very, very light week of practice. You can see there in the little yellow line that runs along the bottom, it says the Packers held a walkthrough on Wednesday and did not practice on Tuesday. Thursday was the only real time this week that they actually took a lot of live Reps, and of course, that is what dictated questionable and out. So, for the Green Bay Packers, we have one player out Kingsley and Igbari, the edge rusher. He's not been put on IR yet. Um, either they just didn't do it yet as of publishing this video, or they're not doing it yet because they don't feel confident that they're going to just sign somebody else right away anyway. So uh, there's not a huge rush to do this move. In terms of questionable, Jair Alexander, A.J. Dillon, Isaiah McDuffie, and the Irishman, Dan Whelan. Now, in terms of Whelan, he's sick. Matt Lafleur mentioned that he caught a bug. Uh, It doesn't seem like anything too concerning. Lafleur said that he would be good to go for Saturday. As for Jair, they did mention earlier in this week that Jair is ahead this week compared to where he was last week so hopefully that bodes well of course but he did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday AJ Dillon finally returning to practice on Thursday with a limited participation and then Isaiah McDuffie getting into limiteds this week as well certainly hoping for the best on every single one of those fronts because the Packers could use every single one of those guys now taking a look at the San Francisco 49ers they really just have two players that are injury designated in any way, shape, or form. One would be starting defensive end, Clellan Farrell. He was hurt in that week 18 matchup against the Rams where the 49ers sat a lot of starters. They didn't sit him and he got hurt. So he's going to be out for this game as well as Dre Greenlaw, starting linebacker. He's questionable for the game. As you can see there on the screen, he did get in limited practices Wednesday and Thursday. Apparently he's dealing with some type of Achilles tendonitis. They do sound awfully confident that he is going to play. So the Packers may not catch a break on that one. Although, you know, when it comes to Achilles injuries, got to believe maybe his agility may be a little sapped. Returning for the 49ers, very big news here would be, of course, Christian McCaffrey. We all expected that. Eric Armstead, one of their interior defensive linemen, also returning. And then also uh, one one note here. The 49ers are perhaps healthier than they've been all year. They're also getting back John Feliciano on their offensive line. They, uh, If you peruse any type of 49er fan site, they're all talking about how excited they are that the Niners are actually getting healthy for this matchup. So let's go into our five players. Number one, same number one as last week. Aaron Jones, we all know that he's playing insanely well right now. Four straight games over 110 yards, averaging at least five yards per carry over those same games. But San Francisco has one of the best run defenses in the league this year. They finished third in yards per game in the NFL, giving up only 89.7 yards per game. However, this is a little rock and a hard place kind of meaning because something has to give the 49ers a very very good run defense but they do struggle in one area as warren sharp on twitter points out the packers need to stay balanced and when running lean into more outside zone versus the 49ers versus outside zone runs this year san francisco's allows 5.1 yards per carry 31st in the nfl 0.05 epa per rush on the positive side 31st in the nfl success only, 27th in the NFL, 11.9% explosive run rate, 31st in the NFL, and 3.6 yards after contact per rush. That is dead last in the NFL. And I'll point out, too, that Aaron Jones, if you want to take a look at his spread here, you'll notice Where are some of his higher yards per carry? Specifically off of the right tackle side, 5.8 yards per carry over there, or even going outside of a right tight end. That would be at 7.1 yards per carry on 19 attempts. And those numbers off to the far left, they don't look too shabby either. San Francisco 49ers have not only struggled in outside zone runs, they've also struggled at times this year with halfback tosses, pitches, draws, anything that can throw their timing off going to the outside something that Green Bay just happens to love to run. While we are talking about Aaron Jones, another key that should be mentioned is dude's really got to hang on to the ball this time. Really, he has to. I love Aaron Jones, but it's been a thing. We've seen it before. Guy has to hang on to the ball this time around. Player number two, Elton Jenkins. See, the tackles are one thing. We saw Rasheed Walker. We saw Zach Tom do a great job bottling up Micah Parsons and Lawrence. Now, they did get some help from Aaron Jones and pass pro, but, you know, and not for nothing, San Francisco's got Nick Bosa and Chase Young. You know, ho-hum, but really, San Francisco's interior is what sets them apart from diff- from Dallas. They have a much superior interior defensive line. Dallas has Hankins. San Francisco has a returning Eric Armstead. Javon Hargrave, Even Sebastian Joseph Day, who had a particularly strong game against the Packers when he played for a different team earlier this year in the form of the Chargers. Green Bay is going to need Elton Jenkins at his very best. And no, this has not been the greatest year for Elton Jenkins. He truly does play his best when paired next to David Bakhtiari. But he's still one of the better guards in the league, and they're going to need him to play like it. Elton Jenkins is also one of the dudes, whenever there's any type of scuffle, you can bank on the fact that Elton Jenkins is going to come scrambling in. They need that version of Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers and John Ronnie Jr., and Sean Ryan. See, Jordan Love has been great at getting the ball out under pressure. No doubt about it. But if the push is coming up from the middle, and San Francisco can do it consistently, then it may shake the foundation of Green Bay's offense, especially if it's able to stop Aaron Jones before he can get outside. That interior protection is going to be key in this game. Number three, Carrington Valentine. See, we don't know if I'm just going to play. It does look likely that he's going to go, but Carrington Valentine, we know for sure he's going to be out there. In the 49ers, four losses this year that Purdy actually played in, he had three touchdowns versus nine interceptions. Yes, four of them did come in one game against Baltimore, but that still is a 3-5 ratio in his three other losses still not great. On the season, he finished with 27 big-time throws per PFF's tracking and only 18 turnover-worthy plays. That's still a positive result, but just for reference, Jordan Love finished with 36-17, and Purdy 27-18. and And it really should be noted, Zach Cruz is the best at finding these kind of absolute stats here, just like he did with Dallas. But Zach Cruz on Twitter put out, turnovers, as usual, will be huge Saturday. The 49ers are 8-0 when they don't turn it over. Four and five, when they do. Nine and one, when they get two plus takeaways. And then you can see on the correction there in the bottom, three and four, when they don't get two plus takeaways. Let those numbers sink in a little bit. Eight and oh when they don't turn it over. Nine and one, when they do get two plus takeaways. That may very well spell out the entirety of the game right there. So why Carrington Valentine specifically? Honestly, this isn't going to be the kind of Packers that the game just line up and march out man every play. Yeah, they did play man a bunch versus Dallas, and I still would expect to see it here against San Francisco, but maybe not as much. You can't expect to cover in man coverage all of the weapons that the 49ers have and do it all game long, especially if this game does fall into any type of high-scoring affair. Keep in mind, the number of snaps that some of these Packer defenders are coming off of too. And yes, they're young, they're pups. We know they could play forever, but still Valentine coming off of 90 snaps last week. Nixon, 89, some very high numbers out of the Packers secondary. So why Carrington Valentine? Simply put, the dude hasn't had a pick this year. (laughs) We saw it out of Jared Alexander, right? Carrington Valentine has um, come so close to a number of interceptions this year. He's also got five pass deflections. Wouldn't it be nice to see some 7th round on 7th round crime with Carrington Valentine taking it away from Brock Purdy? Regardless the overall point, though, someone from the secondary has to make the 49ers pay if Purdy is going to give them one. Next up, Kenny Clark. You know, I put Sean Gary here last week, but this week they could use a dose of interior pressure. The 49ers' offensive line is absolutely unequivocally beatable. Left tackle Trent Williams, he's great. Still great. Feliciano is very good and returning, but the rest, it's not great. See, when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers offensive line, you can see there Colton McKivitt he's their starting right tackle, logged over a thousand snaps this year. He is the team leader in both pressures and sacks allowed. But Jake Brendel, their center, another guy who logged over a thousand snaps, he's number two in pressures allowed. He gave up 29 pressures this year and 24 hurries. You may have seen earlier this week, Devontae Wyatt was accused of giving the San Francisco 49ers bulletin board material because apparently number one seeds need bulletin board material. But if you didn't see this, Devontae Wyatt basically at his locker said earlier this week that you got to pressure Purdy. When Purdy is pressured, he's going to make bad plays. He makes bad throws, etc. That's basically what he said. And of course, some people took exception to that because Purdy is actually leading the NFL in QB rating when under pressure. He's done a great job with that. But when you dive farther in, perhaps what Wyatt was referring to is actually interior pressure. Because even though I couldn't find specific enough numbers to really dive into this, when you really watch Purdy play, he is more likely to struggle against interior pressure than he is pressure coming from the edges in a more, condition, a more traditional way. So if the Packers want to disrupt the 49er offense, again, the interior. Might be the key. Next up, Preston Smith. I expect Smith to be moved around a bunch, but he in reality is still one of the Packers' best run defenders. The San Francisco 49ers are 10 and 1 when McCaffrey runs for over 75 yards. That one loss against Baltimore. In their four losses that McCaffrey participated in, his yardage totals were as follows 43, 45, 54, and the loss to Baltimore, where he got 103. Stop McCaffrey, and you can stop the motor of this entire 49er offense. Preston Smith will be instrumental in stopping McCaffrey, no matter what lane he comes through. Take a look at the numbers here for McCaffrey. You can see the EAR, that's actually for end around, so obviously they've run two of those. He's done quite well there, that's the bottom line on the graphic. But ultimately, no matter what lane he runs through, Christian McCaffrey is an incredibly good runner, one of the best running backs in the NFL without a doubt. But you can also see where the 49ers like to concentrate their efforts up the middle and especially off the left hand side, the left end with the tight end added on right 51 attempts over there getting 4.8 yards per carry, quite possibly where Preston Smith will be most likely to be lined up most often. So, time for four numbers. Number one, 96.4. That is the QB rating when targeted of Embry Thomas. He happens to be the 49ers starting nickel corner. See, it's the highest of their starting three corners by a full 12 points. I don't believe for a millisecond that Jaden Reed is going to go receptionless again and his career playoff catches won't be at zero for long. Number two, 15.8%. 15.8%. This is the missed tackle percentage of one of the best inside linebackers on planet Earth, Fred Warner. But that 15.8%, it did seem kind of troublingly high. And I looked into it more. Turns out that that is Warner's career high. And it's really emblematic of the 49ers tackling issues this year. No, it hasn't been consistent. They haven't been consistent when tackling. It seems as though the departure of D'Amico Ryans and the insertion of Stevie Wilkes did knock down their tackling a peg or two, something that the Packers must take advantage of, and I would expect Aaron Jones to weigh heavily in that regard. Number number three. This is three numbers, but you got to go with me a little bit. Nine, 11, four. These would be the yards after catch rankings for each respective position that a 49er falls in. So Debo Samuel ranks ninth among all NFL receivers in yards after the catch. McCaffrey, 11th amongst all running backs. Kittle, 4th amongst all tight ends. They are each very difficult to bring down and very explosive with the ball in their hands. Green Bay must swarm, must ensure that wherever a pass is completed, that it ceases right there. They cannot allow for the 49ers, even Ayuk, who does not rank amongst these, still an incredibly explosive player. They cannot allow massive yards after the catch if they expect to contain the San Francisco 49er offense. Number four, H2O. Per the latest weather estimates, there is expected to be rain at times during the game. The athletic detailed how Purdy has been less than exceptional in the rain. And as for Love, we really don't know. We have yet to see Jordan Love in a god-awful weather game. And we know Purdy doesn't do well. We don't know anything about love. Will the precipitation actually affect anything? Now, time for our three questions. Number one, which matters more, rest or momentum? See, the Green Bay Packers are quite possibly the hottest team in the league right now. The 49ers, they rested many of their starters in week 18. Then they had last week off. Yes, they are going to be healthy. They're going to be well-rested. They also really haven't played in a game in about three weeks, and that game was, frankly, a cakewalk against the Washington Commanders. So, they are veteran. They are well-coached, incredibly well-coached. They'll be ready. But are they ready enough for the lightning in the bottle that is the Packers' momentum right now? Number two, can Matt the LeFleur actually coach a team that travels west? See, because it's been a reputation of the Packers for a few years now, that when traveling west, the Packers just suck they don't wake up in the morning and i thought you know they didn't go to california this year maybe they were really beginning to shake it so i kind of went over the schedule again and i said to myself when did they go west oh yeah two games vegas and denver if you recall those were not the green bay packers best games this year Now, granted, they were a very different team then. That was much earlier in the year. But nonetheless, still concerning. You would think it would be nearly impossible for the Green Bay Packers to not be fired up for the divisional round playoff game, right? But stranger things have happened. Question three. Which rookie kicker performs better? This game could be close. We all know that. And we have a matchup of two rookie kickers going at it. Jake Moody of the San Francisco 49ers honors Carlson of the Green Bay Packers. Moody did perform slightly better than Carlson over the course of the year. For field goals, Moody kicked at 84%, while Carlson kicked at 81.8%. For PackersWire.com, Carlson cost the Packers 23 points between missed extra points and field goals, while Moody cost the 49ers 13. Costing any points in this game at all, could also cost the rookie's team a spot in the NFC Championship. Time for two keys. Number one, the Packers must score first. The Packers are likely to get the ball first. See, when Kyle Shanahan was asked this week, you know, Jordan Love, the Packers offense, they're very good first quarter offense. They get the ball first. They march down and score with relative routine. So Kyle Shanahan was asked, are you gonna deviate from your standard plan of always deferring to the second half? And he said, no. Well, the Packers, as of late, have preferred getting the ball first for the exact reasons that I just stated, that the Packers are very, very, very good as a first quarter offense now, certainly different than the first half of the year. So it's reasonable to expect that if the Packers win the toss, they're gonna to get the ball first. If the Packers lose the toss, you're gonna to get the ball first. It's entirely possible, no matter what, the Packers will get the ball first. And if, again, you go look over 49ers materials, what are their people saying about them? You'll see a common concern that the 49ers have not played well when trailing this season. And they're not necessarily built to from a roster standpoint. This team is built to play with the lead. And they have the lead. A lot, so it kind of works out for them. In every single win this season for the 49ers, except for one, they won by multiple scores. The only one that they didn't was against the Rams in week two, where McVay hit a last-second field goal just to make it a one-score loss. But the 49ers, when they win, they win. They're not used to trailing, and they're not built to come from behind. If the Green Bay Packers can score first, then they must keep that up. They cannot allow the 49ers to grab a lead at this game and then hang on to it. Starting fast is the best way to do it. Number two, play turnover free. I already talked about Purdy's numbers. I went over the 49ers takeaways, absolutes earlier. If the Packers want to win this game, it's not just stay even with the 49ers all game long. They have to control the 49ers. And by doing that, it may come down to who gets one possession more. Now, the data says if you take the kick after the half, you're more likely to have one more possession in a game. Plus, you can do the whole double up thing that we like to talk on watch parties. But I think for the Green Bay Packers, they have to score first. I just detailed that, right? So you should receive. But then two, you cannot afford to give the 49ers that extra possession, which means you best play turnover free. And that takes us to our final prediction. The Green Bay Packers are riding with perhaps more momentum than any other team in the NFL that's left standing. But at the same time, it's pretty easy to say that the San Francisco 49ers are the better team. I don't think that that's really a hot take or an exaggeration even to Packer fans. The San Francisco 49ers were incredibly good all year, minus one three-game skid in the middle of the year. And if we're going to go that far back in the schedule, it's not kind to the Packers either. So, look, the 49ers are probably the superior team. Maybe they have more stars at more positions. But the Green Bay Packers are riding high. And the great difference here may be that Jordan Love's ceiling for performance is higher than that of Brock Purdy's. To pick against Jordan Love at this point truly does feel like a fool's errand. I think the Packers want to score first. I think the Packers want to bait the 49ers into forgetting that Christian McCaffrey even exists. The Packers want the 49ers throwing the ball. So if I needed to pick an offense right now with all of that in mind, I'd have to pick the Packers offense. Now, call me a homer, call me insane, whatever. It doesn't really matter. And this isn't completely a homer take either. It's just coming from someone who very in depthly has known the Packers all season long, what their tendencies are, what they're doing, and where they are playing and what level they're at right now. And right now against Dallas, they looked unstoppable. Can the defense keep up? That's the true key to this game. Just because this game is going to go tit for tat, just because they want to draw each team into having to throw it more, does not necessarily mean that this game is going to be a shootout. And I like Green Bay's chances in that kind of situation. So Packers, 24, 49ers, 20. Start getting tickets ready for either Tampa or Detroit. Because here's hoping the Packers can actually make it to the NFC Championship. All right, folks, I will be here. Saturday night, me and Claudia for a full on watch party. We'll be here every single minute of the game. The highs, the lows, the cheering, the we don't boo the Packers, but you know, maybe we'll boo the Niners a little bit. But thanks so much for tuning in. I do hope you are having a sensational week. I'll see you tomorrow night at the watch party. And if I don't, I do hope you enjoy the game. No matter where you are, enjoy this ride, folks. It was an unexpected one. And boy, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And as always, go pack go.